All right. The Bells Part 2. We just finished rewatching. And? We're fresh off of the rewatch hype train glow. I don't right. know. That's Post episode glow, right. maybe. I think it's more so accurately just the fresh off the reminding ourselves that we're in the strange period between the penultimate airing and the ultimate airing. I know. The final point of all this. We've been. What all of it's going to come to. I feel like we've been having conversations talking each other off the edge of <laughs> pummeling into a deep depression edges. yeah <laughs> before we get to next week's final episode but i mean it's wild this is us this is our last midweek conversation this is the last time we're gonna be able to sit here and ask what happens next which That's is true bittersweet That's and true. exciting and wild to think about yeah Makes me look forward to the moments where we have the next book or the times between the next two books. So when we're like, you know, all those details could mean potentially something different for the end game yeah. in Game of Thrones or in Song of Ice and Fire based off what we saw from Game of Thrones, based off the clues that we're picking up and putting together from the Winds of Winter. And that right there is maybe a waste of time because we're seeing the end, but you got to ask yourself if this whole thing has been a waste of time then Let's, because the end <laughs> really doesn't ultimately matter at some point, or at least to a lot of you guys that are watching right now, a lot of you that feel so personally strongly about Daenerys and her character and about how things have ended up in the series right now, mm-hmm. you, you might have something else to look forward to in general in a different way than what I just described. Yeah. But either way, it's something that we've all definitely come together for a lot of us have met each other during this process yeah and that's a really cool thing it's really special it's a really cool thing to be right here in that time one of the things that has really stood out to me uh in i guess you would say fallout of this episode is how divisive the whole daenerys plot line has been Mm -hmm. i think that when we talk about this episode and as we've been having conversations that the biggest thing that a lot of people who have issue with what's going on comes back to whether or not you think that Danny was characterized in the right way. And I think that depending on which side of that camp you fall into is going to completely change the way that you view this episode. And it's going to completely change the way that you view how the series is going to end. Right. Because you see it and you might see something that it's like, no matter the cinematography, no matter the score, no matter the the Mm -hmm. directorial execution, you see something that's so outlandishly different from what you expected from the story that you were following, at least how your brain pieced together all the details. And then it just becomes, it just falls away. Maybe that's what I suffered from some during the battle of Winterfell when I thought that for some reason, the night King personally affronted me the way he was handling the gravity of the situation. So now all of a sudden I'm like, no, 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 no. About (laughs) a few other things that he was doing as well. Yeah, I think definitely. And so it's been very interesting because People have very strong opinions, as they would, as we're talking about, Mm -hmm. this is the end, and this is the opportunity for you to kind of see the fruit of your labors come to fruition. It's like Game of Thrones itself, the way the story has to come to a close, and the way that Tyrion has to have a last conversation with Jaime, Jaime has to have a final conversation with Cersei, the way that Daenerys has to make up her mind, the way that she's going to enter King's Landing and and deal deal with Westeros, we also 
have to come to terms with the end of a story. Right. The end of a TV series. How we interact with it. The thing that makes Game of Thrones so special, and a lot of you might remember this from other points of your life, if you were a fan of TV shows like Lost, I know that you were, Hannah. So so the finale was a pretty big deal to you too, right? Big time. A cultural moment in your life as well, right? I remember it being a big deal for me too. It was one of the most important days of my life. Isn't that a crazy thing? Yeah. I had uh, just spent some time, I was... Getting out of the hospital after one of the follow-up surgeries from my accident, Mm -hmm. and I was in pretty bad shape. Mm -hmm. And I was spending time with my little brother, who's actually been helping with this, oddly enough, helping us with owns during the season. It's all just come full circle in a way. He was a tiny kid then, and so was I all those years ago. And for like two weeks of me healing up, I was showing him important episodes of Lost. Mm -hmm sort of re-watching and getting his emotions prepared. And by the time that the finale, like the last two episodes were around, I remember seeing him sort of being fully put into that rhythm and maybe not fully understanding or feeling all that he could have if he'd watched the series from the beginning, especially being young and not having the kind of mind that an adult would have as they wrap their mind around those themes or see how the people like J.J. Abrams and other people behind the series, I'm not as good on Lost Trivia right now, but like what their decisions were to move things right. in a certain way forward. You weren't hitting up any of those lost podcasts, it sounds like. I heard about them, though, back in the day. Yeah. I heard about them. It's a big fan. We got uh, Jack Bender from Lost on one of the episodes, one of my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones. So there's another crossover. Anyway, that was still an important time, even though it wasn't as relevant to him. But I saw how fun it was to jump into it. Mm-hmm. So right now, this has been... Probably reluctantly for a lot of people, but not reluctantly for some. There were some of us, the first moment we saw Game of Thrones, we were like, we hope that it becomes this for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. got so many years to potentially unfold, and now it's unfolding. And so, like that situation I described with Lost, probably times a million, because the president's using Game of Thrones memes to get his point across on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Which is really strange, but that's where our society is right now. And that's right. this this thing that became the size that it is also sort of relatively carries this importance in our day-to-day lives. And so the decisions of a character like Daenerys, even though it's a silly thing. It it matters. It matters. It, it matters. I'm still arguing with people over the Lost finale. So if anybody wants to slide into our DMs to <laughs> talk about Lost finale, because that's something that divides people. But... Yes. I mean, we're so tied into, and I mean, us too, just like on a very personal, selfish level, so much of our day-to-day is tied into these characters that when folks are making decisions that you don't agree with, especially somebody as big as Daenerys, I think that that really paints the way that you see. And for me personally, as somebody who, as you've been saying all season, is very much here for the trajectory that Daenerys has been on to become the Mad Queen, Mm -hmm. I'm finding it satisfying enough and i i wish we had more time i wish we were able to really expound on what's happening with her i wish we were able to really fully understand what was going on in her head i wish that it didn't seem like this weird rash she's a crazy woman and so she's gonna do something you know i wish that we had more time to really explore that and to make it seem like it makes more sense and to be more well-rounded but you know that's something we had to get get rid of a long time ago or or let go a long time ago. But to me, that's been something that's really exciting. And when we see the last look that we see on her face before she starts to torch King's Landing, it's so powerful. And 
I get it. And I want to be delicate in the sense of, I understand if people are upset about that as her characterization, or if they feel like that that's not something she would do, because I feel that way kind of about Jamie and what happens with him in this episode. But for me personally, to rewatch that and to kind of understand exactly what was going to happen and some of that shock factor being taken away gave us the opportunity to really focus in on some of those details that made them all the more powerful for me. And it made me very excited to read the books and to get to Winds of Winter and to get to A Dream of Spring and to explore some of these narratives on a much deeper level. Well, that's cool. If the show's not supposed to be the end-all be-all, if it's serving the purpose of you to get you more excited about something that you're already pretty, not well jaded on, but pretty well, like you've, you've, You've squeezed the the juice that a song of a sapphire offers. <laughs> you think like you could start writing essays, or <laughs> yeah. you could talk to me about it. But either way, like you've you've you, the the fact that you know this kind of thing is instead of deflating you is is inflating you is a cool thing. It is That's and a cool thing. You know, we've struggled with this back and forth a lot this whole season with all of last season, and I think that some of our midweek episodes have been a little bit more emotional than others. But I just think that I'm at this place where. All of this coming together. And I just, I felt like this episode, especially the first half, really knocked it out of the park with these different scenes between Tyrion and Jamie and Arya and the Hound and Varys. The opening scene. All of those, all of those scenes to me just felt so intensely back to moments that I have loved throughout Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire. And so I think that that on top of kind of getting to this end game, I really, really liked this episode a lot. Yeah, I I really did too. I although like just thinking about Dragonstone and thinking about that scene that you talked about, mm-hmm. it, maybe it was always going to be that way with Daenerys or with Varys. Maybe he was always supposed to be this person. Like he, a big theme of this episode is at least for everyone other than Arya, it seems it's, it is like understanding who you are right. and being who you are. And like in, in the moment where it matters, which is when the moment when everything is falling down and forever becomes literally a moment falling down. Yeah, literally. Yeah. But when that moment becomes definitive and representative of your existence, your addition to reality, your addition to reality itself, Varys is the guy who's writing letters and trying to put someone in the best position for the realm. Hashtag for the realm. For, hashtag for the realm. <laughs> hashtag for the throne. Yeah. But in, in in that case, I'm taken out of the world by the decisions of the people making the show. Okay, yeah. Because they put me in Dragonstone after just being at the wall in King's Landing. Right. Like that scene with Masande. I know that we're like harping and it might be annoying that we talk about travel time more more so than we should. I know that the showrunners would like us to shut up about <laughs> it. Get over it. As per, as per that article, pretty much making fun of us <laughs> <laughs> for caring about stuff like that. But I think that even casual viewers of the show who aren't into medieval cartography, like let's say they don't read high fantasy books. I know that when I do, I pay heavy attention to the map it helps me understand the world it helps me visualize everything right. and i start to grow feelings of warmth for all these places that i would like to go or mm-hmm. places that something important happened yeah i could show someone the map later and, and point at like points of the map and be like ooh, and feel yeah those feelings of those things that came out of it and it's just kind of like understood that for a while it's just been sort of thrown away and I don't really understand that sort of imperious storytelling, that nature where you're just like, well, I think it's going to be this way and you guys should get up to this level. Like they're going back right. to Dragonstone and, right. ha- and having their meeting and this is where it's going to be. But I thought John had just been marching people down 
to Winterfell or to down to King's Landing from Winterfell. So he gets a he boat. He took a little break. All the way to Dragonstone. <laughs> he took a little break. I, I love that John was there <laughs> to stand beside Daenerys to be like one of the last things that Varys sees. Yeah. If you're explaining that scene to me a couple of years ago, I would have been like, holy crap. Crazy. It's Danny and John are like the bad guys, but yeah. not bad, but like the main guys. Danny and John are the main guys. John is second in command, for God's sakes. And Danny is torching Varys because Tyrion sold Varys out. Yeah. That scene is crazy. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Just back in Dragonstone with different outfits. It's just like too many people are trying to say too many very bold things about Game of Thrones. And what we really needed was when the battle was picking up in the episode and the director was using strange frame rates for the characters. You know, like when they're running up the stairs information and stuff, how it felt kind of weird. Yeah. They're using like different frame rates. They're using uh, different styles of cinematography basically shooting it like a photo versus having to block one of the main actors in the scene. And it's giving your mind all these pieces, all these fragments of King's Landing are filling in for you. And there's this shot of, uh, the, the, the jib, which is a small camera crane, like, uh, with, with the music, like going like mm-hmm. up and down on the crossbow, like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at this crossbow. It's got this cool lion badge. Stuff like that is, that's like the stuff we like to see. Right. It, it helps us feel, like someone cared about all of it and wanted to show it to us, show it to us. But at the same time, we're a little bit just, just thrown off the scent when, for me, when I'm thrown back into Dragonstone, I'm like, what? How are we here? We were just there at the gate. Right. Imagine right. if that gate scene was the first time you saw that angle. And right. so in your mind, you're like, oh, they choose this position to attack King's Landing because this is where all their troops came from. Not, this is where we had the showdown with Cersei. Like the stuff that happened with Cersei, if she hadn't seen Daenerys, and she hadn't met up with Daenerys up until that point. Like if the first she'd ever come in contact with the Dragon Queen was seeing her flying at her from across the yeah. the city, stuff yeah. like that. So are you saying kind of Masundai's death is even more pointless almost in a way because we didn't her- need to be in that scenario to already push forward this catalyst that's already moving? Yeah, I mean, I think that her death itself served a, an interesting function for sure. But the way that it was done, I uh, don't know if they had a lot of people or I guess they didn't have anyone because it has been so secretive. Like mm-hmm. it just seems like these ideas were cloistered in some way. It was like, well, it sounds better on paper, but right. once executed and especially without a lot of communication about like what our overall plan is here, maybe, I don't know, something like that slips through the cracks and it's fine. Well, they're writing backwards. Right. Yes. I mean, they yes. have to be. And I think that that's been very obvious for a couple seasons of we need to get to the end of we need to, we're at point B. We need to write back to point A mm-hmm. for the last two and a half seasons mm-hmm. or whatever. So here's all the high notes that we have to hit. We have to hit something to drive Daenerys last straw over the edge. A couple things. We have to hit um, John and Varys. We need to understand that Varys is really out there doing some work. We need to understand that these are all the different reasons why Daenerys has been pushed. And so we've got 30 seconds to do it. Let's jump all over the map mm-hmm. to kind of get it done. I get it. We're supposed to understand it. And people love GOT. A lot of people are watching. So let's get to the good parts. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it is, right? Let's go ahead and get to the good parts. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. And I think especially in an episode that's so intimately focused on King's Landing, something like that is going to stand out a little bit more. But I was just so wrapped up in the fact that we were on Dragonstone with Varys yeah. and and everything that was happening there that the, that outweighed to me. I, I very much stayed in it, thankfully right. for me. Well, you're a nicer person than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that we're supposed, and I use that with air quotes. 
we're supposed to watch it like that. But I think that that just lends itself to, and I think that's why I think we sometimes have interesting discussions because you tend to focus more on visually and narratively as a whole. You have a much better eye for that kind of thing. And I think that I tend to hone in on, to me, when I'm focused in on what that dialogue could be, I'm not necessarily thinking about everything as a whole. Like how it's all landing. As you're thinking about it that way. I don't know. What did you think the message was from this episode? I think that the message is, I think that there's a lot of things at play. I think about Daenerys' trajectory and as she makes that final decision to become the Mad Queen. Is that what we're calling it? Is that how we talk about it? It seems catchphrasy. She, you know, seeing all of those things happening behind her eyes as she ignores the bells, as she flies towards Cersei, her decision to basically say, screw it, I have nobody and nothing, so let's just do it juxtaposed with the looks of Tyrion and Jon and Arya and just kind of all of our faves being very heavily confronted with what it actually means to be in charge. Mm. And this is that a, is so, so it right there. And it's not a, in a pretend way. It's not, and no, not it's, that, it's right now. It's you right now. Right. And it's not that, you know, John hasn't had a real experience. I mean, he was killed by his men at the wall, yeah, but there course. was always something bigger and something else looming out there. Yeah. Whether it was whatever was happening in King's Landing, whether it's, everybody beyond the wall and and the night king but now this is it and so when you see arya kind of confronted with the decision that she's going to make to either go out with mm-hmm. revenge on cersei or she's going to turn around and do something bigger or different right that's end game stuff there there's nothing else out you, there you have other to than be that at the decision. end game to make that decision for arya yeah and i really thought Seeing everybody, especially John, really comes out um, with his interaction with, with Grey Worm, kind of understanding and then realizing that this isn't pretend. I thought there's that, no that more, was really powerful. There's no more Night King left. We didn't get dialogue. We were wondering what John was going to be like post threat of the White Walkers. And it looks like we got the answer. Like for this fight, you know, like we said in the last episode, marching down with his boys sincerely can't be fucked with. And that's, right. a, that's a real vibe. But when it came to, oh, you're not trying to kill me anymore? Okay, well, you know, and let's look, not kill each other for mm-hmm. God's sakes. The relief on his face. Yeah. When they're time and time again, when the bells are wrong, when they drop their swords, the Lannister folks drop their swords. God, isn't it so spooky to know that people on your own team can have such violently different thoughts than you on how to carry out something that involves the lives of innocent people? Mm-hmm. So if we're to like juxtapose that for our own lives, that would be obviously the stakes would be much lower. But when I asked about the meaning, I'm trying to shore out what what overall message the the people that make this series are trying to put their stamp of approval on in right. a way, like through right. the characters of this series. It's really nuanced, obviously, throughout all the characters. But I thought that we got a pretty good amount of time with Arya, just like we did in the battle for Winterfell, and just like we have in the beginning of the series, just like we have the whole time. Right. And she's been one of my favorites since the beginning, and I've. I've been really pleased about just the end of the show, spending time with her like it right. has. Finally. Yeah. You know what I was thinking a lot about as she, especially as we're rewatching as she's running around King's Landing, it reminds me of the day her dad was executed oh, and, and her being sucked into those crowds and being with bells and, you know, it, yeah. just, it just reminded no, me so much of- this is much, much of, better shot though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> way better, way more people. But what do you- I, what do you did you glean anything different or do you what's the kind of this end game that the showrunners are trying to with Arya? 
with anybody. Kind of the same question that you posed. Well, I really want to hold off seeing anything definitive until I see the final episode. And we just watched that preview. We hadn't watched it around. We didn't watch it after we watched it on Sunday for our first episode of the week. But we did just watch it. And I was pretty moved by the potential that we have this time left to see what Daenerys's whole deal is going to be yeah. now that she's done this. Yes. And how everyone's going to personally deal with that and how everyone's going to express their feelings if they get the opportunity to yeah. X and Y. So that's, I'm going to hold off my, my overall opinion because I don't know what to think, but Fair. I have, I have sort of personal thoughts about the people and we've already talked about John and we talked about Arya some earlier in the week. I think that with her, we're looking at the, potential of a longer life than someone like Sandler Kagan, mm-hmm. who's like, he's like, dude, this has been my whole deal. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be your entire deal. Right. Either. Right. I'm and so proud of you anyway. Yeah. He kind of cups her cheek. He's like, I'm proud of you, honey. She made it far. She made yeah. it so far. And she got spat out into her own twisted version of hell. Imagine what that must feel like, or at least imagine yourself watching the episode Mm -hmm. and trying to really imagine if you're cutting off all sensory input, if you're cutting off all the different thoughts in your life, you're cutting off how other people might think of how you're feeling about this scene and see what Arya is dealing with face to face when she's leaving King's Landing. She's seeing all of these people suffer. She's a compassionate person. She's seeing war for the first time. Dark, deep, twisted, violent, rape, destruction, blood, bodies. Same with Tyrion when he's uh-huh. walking across in that awesome sequence. One of my favorites of the episode when things got silent and John and company and Davos, yeah. Greymore march up to the Lannister men and there's that sort of standoff. Yeah. It's cutting to to Tyrion as he's walking through the fight and yeah. there's piles of rubble. And then that one body in the front of the image like spiked. Good job, guys. So good, good. job. You made me feel like stuff was dangerous <laughs> on a level where I was like, I have not been fully appreciating how bad things are mm-hmm. when they go south and westeros. Well, and I don't think about who I cheer for, like what the collateral damage for that might be as much as I should. But now, like Tyrion and like the rest of all of us watching this right now, I am face to face with this very sort of like Omaha Beach scene from Saving yeah. Private Ryan. Just, yeah. oh my God. It's what we had hoped for the Battle of Winterfell. Some of that. I felt yes. like some of that intensity was brought back. Right. Surprisingly, I mean, we left the Battle of Winterfell. Like, I can't believe we have to face down Cersei and we have to be terrified of her. And this I is know, so stupid but, and annoying. But of course it was going to be, this- be more higher pitched than fighting zombies. I don't it's know what different. my problem it's was. Different. I don't know either. I wasn't thinking very well. Um, well, can I wrap this into our first discussion question? Please because do. we're kind of on that route anyway. So our first question this week is how will Arya's decision in the battle for King's Landing influence the story and her life moving forward? So as we think about not only what she's going to do next episode and kind of some of the symbolism at the end of this episode with the pale mare and kind of what she might be able to accomplish me saying things without putting words into your mouth (laughs) in the final episode to what that means with her decision to not follow the hound and, you know, ride off to Storm's End in the sunset and decide that maybe she does want a chill life. Um, Everyone's like super pissed off about that move now. They're like, wait a second. We were just (laughs) out of character. Arya completely would not do that. That's not her. She said it herself. Well, what do you think? I mean, what do you see for Arya in the next episode and beyond? I'm thinking about the kind of person, the kind of life that I would like to lead, the kind of 
myself that I would like to get to in a perfect state. Hopefully whenever it comes time and I'm down beneath King's Landing and the roof is falling on me, I've had a stretch of time where I've been living in sync with where things should be, or at least in that moment, I'm in sync where things should be. And I think Ari has been struggling for a while to find out what that means mm-hmm. and that she might, she might come in contact with that. And I don't think that it has to do with completely seeking revenge on everyone. I know that it seemed that way for a long time. She saw some dark things in that town. Oh, absolutely. She saw her father get destroyed and she at a very young age understood what we're going through right now in the show, which is, it's really difficult to agree with how everyone handles their stuff. Right. How other people that you don't relate to, or even worse, when people that you do relate to and care about the most, when it comes time and Grey Worm throws the spear into that dude's head, yeah. and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No. No. And so that's what she's dealing with in her own way. But she was small and she was hopeful and she was shooting that arrow at the target. Yeah. Behind her brothers. And everyone was laughing and having a good time. And that's what I hope that she gets back to. What do you think it means when she left Winterfell in last episode or the previous episode when she said, I'm not coming back? Do you think that that's something that do you think it's going to matter what she thinks about John as being a Targaryen? Do you think it's going to matter what she said about leaving Winterfell? Or do you think that because she was almost to Cersei and decided to, to turn around that she's on a new path? I think that that's it. I think that she wasn't done with her retribution. I think that she wasn't done with seeing how salty and how just after everything, after all of this, people still have the the power. People that don't think and feel as much as she does have the power to potentially wreck the lives mm-hmm. of others, people that she cares about her themselves without even knowing what they do. Yeah. So what's the point? Let's go to King's Landing. Yeah. Sandor's like, been there my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you want to talk about in- injustice? My brother held my face in the fire for yeah. a long time when I yeah. was younger, and no one was there to help us, and now everyone just makes fun of me. Isn't that weird? hmm So yeah, she was like, let's go. I mean, what's the point? I need to get this thing done. So for her, that was the thing that she needed to do, and that would be living her truth. Mm-hmm. That would be the the execution of her reality, like the, the the true version of her mark upon the world. But I think that there's like a, a weird, just it's, it's a scary effect. And I think that they portrayed it well underneath King's landing. But as we get to the end of things in this story, but also in our lives, the scale, the scope of everything, like it's as small as the room that you're in. Mm -hmm. And for her, that was that sort of transition moment when she was with the hound. Like, do I go forward or not? And it needed to be him. And if we're, if we're looking at like cells and how nature would, would order itself, think of Aria, the Aria cell or protein or whatever, like form of multi or unicellular life. This is all representing since it's on a planetary scale. Let's just call Westeros. Uh, a part of the overall planetocean, like cosmic sphere of life. Right. Yeah. The Aria thing it needed it couldn't metamorph it could there was no metamorphosis without this without the hound without yeah, sandor clinging right, the whole time right and then at the end they both sort of helped each other move to the point i would argue that the hound probably already had his mind pretty well made up but she's much younger and has a lot more left to give she than has he a does. life left yeah does this mean she's going to kill daenerys what do you think about that that would complete the circle right and yeah. she has all the power to do it we saw her in the preview looking at the uh Troops of people. She also has the potential to vibe with her and to relate with what she's doing because I think a lot of what we just described with how 
Arya was dealing with her outlook of the world that given a dragon, she would have done the same thing mm-hmm. potentially. Right. Maybe when not. She, and her having that conversation with John, you know, understanding why he made decisions. Like she seems pretty sympathetic to this idea that sometimes more so than Sansa. She's just chill. I mean, yeah. she realizes that this is all about people. Like there are in Westeros, at least in Game of Thrones, it appears that there's this cosmic thing. Like we still have to deal with Bran having seen this vision oh, and knowing well. exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. There's this cosmic force where we can kind of blame stuff on and not completely take, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you blame yourself, not, not take, uh, like, heart? no, it's like when it's your fault and you admit it, I should know this. <laughs> <laughs> take ownership. Something like that. It's so much easier not to do that when there's other gods in the room to be like, well, this is just how it was right. supposed to be. Right. But it looks like that that's getting smaller and smaller, especially that there's one episode left. So it's cosmically, we'll left. see what the forces mean exactly. But I do think that her riding that pale mare is pretty powerful. It was powerful. At the end. And kind of that, sim- that symbolism for death. I think that that's. What did it mean to you? Arya has a greater purpose than what she thought it was going to be. And I think that two of the, there's two big questions that, as you're kind of coming up with discussion questions and kind of thinking about this episode and trying to think about how we talk about the next episode, it falls into the category of if Daenerys survives and sits on the Iron Throne or if Daenerys doesn't and how those two crossroads, I think, can push us in very different directions. And I think that Arya is going to play a crucial role in whether or not Daenerys survives. And so I like this idea that she's been training her whole life in the thought that Cersei was at the top of her list, but really she's has the, I almost see it as, as her seeing it as a responsibility to take care of Daenerys because if we can read the look on everybody's face, I don't think that anybody is in her camp anymore. Even if they, no matter where they may have fallen before she destroyed King's Landing. So I think that I, I love, I just think it's powerful that we spent so much time at the end of that episode with her and that, symbolism so i'm looking forward to getting a really cool aria another really cool aria moment i think next episode i'm glad that they're doing it because i think that she represented some good things Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the series it was taken away in a really shitty way yeah it's like hashtag justice for aria i mean she really spent the middle part of the series in bravos just getting wrecked her character <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of good to see see that come about that's the thing about Daenerys and what she did and like whether or not people can relate to it or our characters can relate to it or how they feel about her afterward the thing that I don't think I've brought up enough in all this when we talk about her losing her mind or, or however you want to describe it just feeling the depths of her sadness and rolling the dice which is kind of what it comes down to and that's yep. sort of what everyone else has done in the series but the difference between the way we judge them and Daenerys is that she has nukes. She has this weapon that is, it makes her whim so much more deadly mm-hmm. than everyone else's. But it hasn't always meant that. I feel like so much of this season, it was just us waiting for her to have the moment that she had at the beginning of this episode, right. which is to burn the heck out of the Iron Fleet and to actually get something done. Yeah. We had, we've had we been waiting and waiting, we've had and waiting hours for that. for it to feel dangerous or something. Yeah. And it finally happened. And so to finally see her flex some power in a way that actually made sense instead of 
a dragon being killed by the Iron Fleet. I don't know. I think that whatever. <laughs> but I John around in Winterfell. Yeah, but I I I, I oh loved boy. I loved that. Um, but let's just so many. Hold on, so many innocent people. So many innocent people. That's the thing. How do we justify it at Reconcile all? I mean, that. just torched up. Yeah. Just Pete. Remember those, like going back and rewatching it, you get reminded because there's all these tentpole moments that you take away from watching the episode, but that connective tissue of uh, the, the extras and the, the set being destroyed. And, and if you look closely, there's so much interesting CGI. So it's hard to see, but like, look how menacing Drogon looks when he's flying over like the alley. So he's so meticulously. Big. Yeah. He's, over King's it's Landing. Scary. It's really It's a lot of amazing. people that died that didn't deserve to die, obviously. But, I mean, how do you... Like, what's the conversation after that? This might be the worst the worst version of what could have happened to the citizens of King's Landing because of a twisted ruler ever. And it was just done so calmly in the way after everyone had quit for the bells. I mean, there's no denying that when this lives on in songs, it's going to be among the most brutal. Yeah. It's going to be bad. And we're not going to think about the person that Danny was mm-hmm. up until Before. this point. That's mm-hmm. just how it goes. Well, this, I think I have two questions for you. The first is I'm going to read the discussion question, which is, will Daenerys sit the Iron Throne? Will she Will she be defeated? What are the implications for Jon, Tyrion, Grey, Grey Worm, Sansa? And I think that that kind of pulls into this what kind of conversations are John and Arya and Tyrion going to have when it comes to how they're going to handle Daenerys? Because you know that there's going to be some sort of coming together of who, they'll go back I'm to Dragonstone sure. to have yeah, yeah. conversations, real quick, real quick, <laughs> or maybe Winterfell, like just to include Sansa or oh, something. Boy. But what do those conversations look like as they talk about? No one's going to care what Daenerys did up until this point, like you just said. You, know, how do they handle? either overthrowing her or sitting next to her. You know, that's something that I'm very much well, It's like Tyrion to. in this episode when he was, like he told Daenerys about Varys and then he was standing beside Varys and he definitely didn't want Varys to die. It's just sort of like begrudgingly doing, and in John, you know, like when he was like basically letting her kiss him even though he didn't want to be a part of it. Right. She's, she's reached that point where it's with fear Mm -hmm. instead of friends. And she said that. God, what a bummer. Obviously. Well, and all she's ever wanted. Right. I know. She's like, this is the squad, right? Mm -hmm. And no, not really because of all those other things that we went through. Sorry about life. And she's like, life is a bitch, huh? (laughs) She has, and she doesn't have anybody. So what else is she going to do? It's not a good reason. I know it's not a good reason. But when we roll the dice, sometimes when we roll the dice, when we, flip we a have coin. a little bit more power than others and shit gets destroyed. Every time a Lannister is born, a coin is flipped. And then? Wait, you mean Targaryen? Whoops. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Lannister too. All the Every time a Targaryen is born, a coin is flipped. I was thinking about Tyrion. Um, Not a Targaryen, after all. What a relief. Dodge Honestly, what a relief. Tyrion is not a secret Targaryen. Although we still got time. Honestly, who the heck knows? So you're thinking about how he talks to Danny after all of it goes down, if he gets the opportunity. What does that and, conversation and look like? They're more scared than before. They're they're scared in a way that you're getting to see. And this would be a really, this is going to be a function of the next episode. And this is a cool thing to do in the end game of Game of Thrones. We get to see 
a character that we're like intimately, intimately introduced to and familiar with. Maybe not the new version, maybe not like the evolution, whatever like Pokemon version is that she's turned into. Definitely with the the darker outfits like I was pining for mm-hmm. in the beginning of the series. Yeah. She's like, oh, I got them. We were planning for this. Don't worry. <laughs> They're more scared than ever. It's a brand of frightening that we haven't got to see someone that we know get treated. And so that will be cool. That's what I was trying to get at. Well, think about just from the conversation that Tyrion and Danny have at the beginning of the episode when... Just the coldness that mm. she has. And as they're talking about betrayal. Her lack of makeup. <gasps> it, I mean, she looked wrecked. And so, but it was portrayed so well. And I just think about, think about that conversation and how that could look after that battle, you know? Mm. And how the fear of not being able to get through to her and her not trying to get through to them. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I get it. I just, that conversation was really powerful. And so if, and when they have the opportunity to kind of square off and say, what's up, what does that look like? I think the only one brave enough to tell her the truth is John. I think that, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Tyrion will, will touch on it if he gets the opportunity. Yeah. I think John kind of has to, I don't think that he cares about dying. He already died once. <laughs> he already knows what it's like. <laughs> well, and do you think that? I mean, do you think that Danny would kill John? It's there's a potential for that. I mean, imagine the state that she's in. If you cross the Mad King, what does the Mad King do? What did what happened to Brandon Stark? Yeah. Hopefully, Arya will get there first. That will be such a an interesting little deal. Like, what if Arya comes in as John and Daenerys kills Arya as John? Whoa. So what is the last shot of Game of Thrones? She'd have to kill John to get John's face, though. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's super dark. What's the last shot of Game of Thrones? Oh, man. Right to this. That should have been the question. The At least the bonus question. Yeah. it's uh, th- So the bonus question is, what's the final mystery message at the end of the last episode of Game of Thrones? And I think that... Casual. <laughs> I think that we can't necessarily answer this question, but we can think about and kind of project what are we supposed to feel and what does that last shot look like? I think that it's gotta be like a, you know, power, the music video. Mm-hmm. It's not really a music video. It's just kind of like that, that like, like time itself just unfolding over mm-hmm. the course of the song. I think it'll be like this, this epic shot of maybe the throne or maybe just like a collection of our leaders just standing like this is, this is the, this collective unit, like that, the way that person believes and the way that they came to be, the way that that person believes and they came to be, the way that that person believes and they came to be, and hopefully their pet, the way that pet believes and yeah. came to be and the way it serves that person, collectively, that the mix together, it's like that right there is 2K19. That's what life is. That's what we're we're saying is, is the representative whatever picture, message, yeah. idea, et cetera, Hard truth. Sorry about it. P.S. Everybody that's watching, you're all gonna die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, can you imagine? Yeah. Wow. Okay. What do you think? I don't know what it's I. It's like think. those shots in the King's Road or the trees in the King's Road that are overgrowing. You know, like that that yeah, one thing yeah. that they're riding down and like they're riding back to Winterfell. Right. Maybe. Right. It's like John and Arya. It's kind of like yeah, like a season three type of of shot on the King's Road. That would Road. be cool. Or we've got you know 
all of them in the throne room in King's Landing, like John and Arya and Tyrion kind of picking up the pieces and the embers are still smoldering. And then we like pan out and no one's like sitting on the Iron Throne, but they're all conferring about what happens next. Or like, who sits on it. Yeah, like and hands then, far, far out, like away and it's over. <sighs> okay, now it's time for speculation because this is the last time we get to do it and now I'm feeling a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay, so imagine... We get to the end of the of the series, right? And it's Imagine not, if we get to the end of the series. Okay, what's that going to be I like? I don't know if that's going to happen for me personally. <laughs> we will see. You all will be the first to know. Imagine we get to the end of the series and there's not a definite ending. That's what I'm saying. It's Wouldn't like, that be so cool? It's like there's more. Spinoff, baby. I mean. I would be extremely satisfied if we had an cliffhanger ish like like we don't know who's sitting on the iron throne okay. or like we're i want a bigger one than that or like i want a bigger one daenerys dies and then that's it and you know we don't know you know what happens or Not big enough something okay what kind of cliffhanger are you looking something for? like like when the first folks in valyria the first targaryens okay well you're getting way back into when they lore. <laughs> when they found out but no the idea of what happened to them when they discovered, when someone told them, yeah. like probably one of the one of the fire priests, right? Someone with deep magic was like, or probably just a geologist was like, "We gotta get out of here, man." Yeah, which they were the geologist was probably like a soothsayer back in those times. So like this guy knows crazy stuff. It's like no, he just understands. Yeah, anyway, fine. Let's listen to him. And he's like, "This whole place is gonna blow." Only certain people listened. Maybe they kept the information private. Something like that. It okay. would be like the White Walkers, but they're dead, so not the White Walkers. I'm totally, I'm here for it. It's, I don't. Need, it's not going to happen. But I don't need a definitive. And George R. R. Martin has said all along that the story isn't going to have. It's going to be bittersweet. It's not going to be some happy ending, which any of us would surmise from having spent ten minutes in a song like <laughs> the fire. But I'm I'm cool with some sort <sighs> of philosophical. Or high level cliffhangery, but type of you figure out what that means for you. Sansa's walking up to the Iron Throne. It's like, what do you think that means? It's gonna be like the the first member, the Ranger from the Night's Watch, mm-hmm. that legitimately did not desert. He was well, it was like half deserting. Okay, so he deserted. <laughs> But it was like half deserting, half <laughs> feebly like warning people about Grumpkins and Starks are real. And they also put bodies in strange patterns that may or may not come into play later. Mm-hmm. Tune in later to find out. Spoiler alert. And the proudest, most like loving, gentle father that we've met in the series. Again, we're only minutes into the series right now. But we know Sean Bean from other things. So we trust him. <laughs> yeah. And he's been in major motion pictures. So we trust him. This is Prestige TV. We trust him. And then he cuts the dude's head off in front of his kids. This guy that we like. That's Game of Thrones. And that's probably the end where it's just like, yeah, life's a bitch, ain't it? You're going to die. You're all going to die. You win and you die. You die. I'm thrilled. Can't be mad about dying, though. That's part of the deal. So what about all the other stuff? If it's 
Braun. Not about avoiding. Oh my God. Speak of something I haven't thought about yeah, in a matter about of other days. Stuff. So he Jamie comes in, he's like, So what about High Garden? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jamie's gone. Danny kills him. It's like it's like when Stannis arrived at the end of season four. Yeah. And the rando wildling was like, I'm gonna be brave and be the one to take, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, take yeah, Stannis yeah. out. And then Stannis <laughs> is like retainers are yeah. like, No, you fucking won't. <laughs> It'll Just be that. Try. It'll be that. Um, can we talk about Jamie for a hot second? Because thinking of Braun made me remind me of Jamie. Okay, I can see the connection there. They used to be good friends. I feel sad. I still feel sad about Jamie. I don't know if I'm ever going to get Which over that. Which part's the saddest part for I'm you? just sad because demise. Jamie's dead, so we can't think about him anymore, and that makes me feel extremely sad. And I also feel sad because I just... I thought that him and Cersei's scene together was really powerful. Yeah. And the two of them, it's just us. I mean, and the music swelling. Me. Look at me. Everything's starting to fall, and... Sh- Cersei is more vulnerable than we've maybe ever seen her. Oh, for sure. So powerful. In her whole life. And some people are saying that he was holding Cersei's neck, so Valonqar still counts. (laughs) (laughs) Which, whatever. I love everyone. But I still, to me, when I think about what does Endgame look like, I just am not totally satisfied with Jaime. With the way, like, it fell down, or... I just feel like he... And and this might just be a product of how quickly that we had to go through the season, but it's just whiplash of he... He went out like that. And so I think that... just wanted to throw my two cents in the... <laughs> I didn't want to... I get it. ...leave this without talking about Jamie, but I Did you want that, him to be, like, stabbed, or him do the stabbing, or did you want him to be consumed you know, in a ball of fire? It's so interesting looking at it from the other side, like, what did I want, but... I just felt like he, for seasons and seasons and seasons, has been moving towards this redemption arc that, and maybe Jamie isn't supposed to be redeemed. Maybe Jamie really is the guy that pushed Bran out the window, and that's it. We spent all this time trying to become a better person, and he just is who he is, and that's just how life is. And maybe that's the message that George R. R. Martin, but that's the, I don't think this is George R. R. Martin's message necessarily with Jamie, but I've just been struggling kind of. And and maybe this kind of lends itself to how people have been thinking about Daenerys. Do you think that a story has a responsibility to tell the kind of story people want to hear right now, or do you think no? So you don't? No, I don't think I don't think David and Dan or George R. R. Martin or anybody has any responsibility to anybody. Okay. Um, but I mean, I think that they should do a good job, and you know, that's up for debate. But in, on some, so things. it just didn't land as dramatically for you because of the way he went out or the fact that he went out at all or is it more so just that and he's gone and now I just felt like his anymore. arc got stopped dead in its tracks you look at somebody like Theon talk about a amazing character arc yeah. really coming full circle and really he went out exactly like you would hope after everything he'd been through Theon's character arc was very beautiful and perfect you know and I know that we don't have necessarily have the time for somebody like Jamie but it just it was such an abrupt end to two episodes ago he was riding to Winterfell yeah he didn't have to die there you know Cersei built that prison for herself right and Jamie has been a part of that but he didn't have to die there that was his decision and that's a strange thing it's a strange thing to see to see where they go the things we do for love the things we do for love that's just not what I had expected how dark was it for them to get down there and I think that Cersei had 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 all those different passageways filled in. Yeah. And it was just like, well. It was powerful. There's nowhere to go. It was really. That place that they've like, 
imagine living there for the longest time and knowing that if things did go south, that there was this sort of secretive hideaway with layers of complexity where it's like, I'm sure we'll get out. We're us. That they've always been able to count on right. and depend on. Like if stuff Plot goes armor. down. Exactly. Like it's <laughs> yeah. going to be fine. We'll get out of here. And they've got the boat and they've got the exit plan. We'll get out of here. They're just going to sail away. Yeah. Nope. I'd really be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shouldn't oh, box man. yourself in like that. But Tyrion's goodbye to Jamie and mm. kind of giving them that escape route, giving even the idea that that could even be something they could do. Yeah, that was uh, that was cool, and I like that he was able to. Like, I didn't think I'd be able to pay you back. That kind of yeah. Those are those moments where it could be really bad, or it could be sort of transcendingly good. Like, jump off the screen and touch you in a way where you're like, "Oh my god, this is the end of stuff," and everything else kind of pales in comparison to these moments. And I believe that they did, at least in the scenes that they're in. I was just so taken with Nikolai's performance and also Peter Dinklage's, but the way they look at each other and the way that they communicated, I really believed all of it. And they're literally just pretending. Well, and it's like this idea that blood is thicker than water. And at the end of the day, at the end of all things, we've got the Lannister Sibs, we've got the Stark Sibs, and we've got Daenerys, who... And I know that John's a Targaryen, but he's a Stark sibling. True. And, you know, and then we've got Daenerys, who doesn't have family and who doesn't have that familial tie that somebody like Tyrion can go back to at the end of days, or that John can presumably go back to at the end of... Imagine they're all inside the Sept of Baelor, right? And Cersei's blowing it up. Or let's just say they're they're underground and stuff is falling from the ceiling. And there's a there's a ring of ten of us. Well, Tyrion's got Jamie and Jamie's got Brienne and Brienne has Jamie and like all those like the scene from the the party at Winterfell. It doesn't matter what people do right now when there's all these options and all these reasons for me to do stuff. But when things are falling and the fire is burning around us, like who do you protect? What is, what is the deal? And she realized like, I don't have any, who do you protects? Yeah. I have none of that. Not like this. And that's like, you get there and it's like, what's the point of everything? She could have been all right with just being a, a, a dictator she was like fear i guess it'll be fear then but that's how i'm gonna have to do it but that's how it, but it became that mm-hmm. for her and that's a dark place for someone to turn to and those kinds of opportunities we're faced with yep we are faced with and it's a it's a particularly interesting part of human struggle to see how we deal with something that may not give us a payoff in the moment that we may have to think about down down the long run and how it will affect the lives of many other people like what Tyrion was dealing with when he was talking to jamie about Jamie looks at him and is like, after Jamie, after the it soaks in that this is foolproof and that's going to kind of work and that we might actually make it out of this. He's like, your queen's going to kill you for this. Mm-hmm. Like his concern went right to his brother yeah. at that point. He's like, yeah. you know that you're going to die for this, right? And Tyrion's like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But all these opportunities, like it turns out that I have no reason to BS my way through anything else mm-hmm. right now. I have to just see if we can make this as good as possible right now. And this is it. And if it works, it works. I hope it works. Do you think that when Ned and Robert were fighting the Mad King, that it felt this? Yeah. I think it always feels like this for everyone. Yeah. Just been thinking a lot about that and and kind of the weight of all of that. And then for it to be happening here again at the end of the story, which is the beginning of somebody else's story. Right. Like that little girl that we see. And I don't know if she made it out alive, but there's that one scene of that little girl who's up against the wall and she's sobbing or not sobbing but she's like she's 
taking everything in and there's blood all over her face. And mm. it's like, to me, that sees this is the next generation that then lives yeah. on after right. all this happens. Right. And what's life like for her? Exactly. What's life like for like our little Aria and how mm-hmm. far she's come. So you see what it turned her into mm-hmm. and like what kind of life she did have. So it'll probably be a similar thing for a while for that girl, but she'll Westeros, that planet, this reality will give her like a different set of circumstances to work out her existence through. And that's like the world that all these really talented writers are trying to do for us. They're trying to make this sort of seamless thing that works in a, a space that is occupied by make believe and artistry to make all these things come to be. It's pretty cool thing that we all get to be all excited about it's exciting and <laughs> it's, it's like a sport it's our new sport guys we all watch game of thrones for six weeks when it's out instead of watching the super bowl for one it's night. uh it's hard when it's not playing out the way that you want it to play out but i think that we've all kind of had the opportunity to make peace with what the series looks like for us and the story that it's trying to tell at this point and when you zoom out and when you really think about where we've been and kind of where we are and what that overall arcing message is that we're trying to get across. Mm -hmm. I think that we've got, I think that we've got some good stuff in store for us next week. I'm excited for that. I'm really excited about it. When you were talking about Robert's rebellion and whether or not they felt that way, think about what it was like to fight against the Greyjoys on their turf Mm -hmm. and not be sure if it's going to turn out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you and Ned are in front of everyone. Like, like John steps to the front, like get out of our way. Yeah. Like we have to, we have to like Harry Strickland is the main paid dude from the golden company. And still, God, what a crappy job. Let me fight against all these people. (laughs) And I'm going to just, this is, my existence life mm-hmm. is crazy isn't it but i'm looking around and most of these guys don't got shit on me so i'll be fine that's what yeah. people like him and dario think when they go into fights and right. that's cool too right that's cool too but robert and ned had a whole other thing but you saw what happened to them after they went through this trial this this just crazy turn of events just multiple battles multiple like questions of where the power would fall much like what we're going through here and then for ned to go to the tower of joy and to have That's what exactly hear, what I was thinking. to hear your name be yep. shouted like from the air you know what i mean like we might get some more mystical stuff like that exactly and then you know for thinking. the for we might get another baby like that's strange and faded i don't think that that's gonna happen i don't know if it that's could gonna happen, happen. it I mean, happened I, to them yeah i don't know if daenerys is pregnant or any of that kind of stuff i don't know i don't know think about how boring life must have been after all that dust settled well you think about why robert turned out the way that he did you kind of get it a little bit more yeah understanding it from this side it's robert's like hey man life's been on hold yeah nature has been on hold for a while i'm pretty sure the white walkers are coming or something Mm -hmm. it's been summer for a while everything kind of seems like it's the same this trip to winterfell was long overdue (laughs) (laughs) i hope some shit goes down on this trip little did he know wow so one episode remains. We've got one episode left. And I'm, I mean, we'll save feelings for later, but I think this is kind of our last opportunity to kind of talk about what it looks like next. And it's been fun as heck. It has so. been fun as heck. So time for the penultimate owns from all of you who wrote in. Feelings, feelings, feelings. One episode We love remains. feelings. Support for today's show comes from Postmates, your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever you can think of delivery service. No more trips to the store. Postmates will deliver anything to you within the hour, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Just download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery. 
Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the known universe with more than 25,000 partner merchants. And yes, anything your heart desires can be brought to you without leaving the comfort of your home, thanks to Postmates. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app right now and use code OWNS. That's code O-W-N-S for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. You're going to need to not leave your house during this final Sunday night. You know what to do. Get anything you need, anytime you need it. Download Postmates and save with code O-W-N-S. Today's episode is sponsored by Hunt a Killer. What is it that fascinates you about true crime? Is it the psychology of a killer or simply the thrill of trying to figure out who done it? Q Hunt a Killer, the murder mystery box that immerses you in an ongoing experience. With every delivery, you'll experience what it is like to be a detective, sifting through piles of documents, evidence, and case files until you catch the killer. Build an investigation board with friends, go online to share theories with other players, or work through the case by yourself. The choice is yours. The tagline for Hunt a Killer is, what if a serial killer delivered a package to your doorstep each month? I figure right now with true crime podcasts being at a height like they are today, this is a fun and thoughtful answer to some of the reasons why those things are attractive to participate in in the first place. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to huntakiller.com slash owns, that's O-W-N-S, for 20% off your first box. Also, they only accept 200 members per day, so hurry to take advantage of this offer. That's huntakiller.com slash owns for 20% off your first box. Huntakiller.com slash O-W-N-S. First up on Twitter, we have Jenny Nolf who says, I was owned because I'm shocked to discover that people still thought Danny was a good guy. Castrix the Defiant, my first own ever, goes to Daenerys for both breaking my heart and fulfilling her father's last wish by destroying King's Landing. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Hashtag Mad Queen. <laughs> hashtag Burn Them All. Jessica McCann, owned to Kyburn, who died so fast and suddenly that I gasped, jumped, and then almost <laughs> laughed. Hashtag Goodbye Face. Also owned to Cersei, literally getting the F out of the way immediately after, LOL. <laughs> hashtag You're Helpless. Hashtag Quickest Death 2K19. Hashtag Clegane Bowl 2K19. Hashtag burn them all. Mishi333 owned Maester Aemon who tried to warn us years ago what happens when Targaryens are left to their own devices. A Targaryen alone in the world. It's a terrible thing. RIP all of Danny's posse. Democracy Diva says own to Kyburn's candy corner. Now actively <sighs> seeking new ownership after the undead monster Kyburn. Look at all these cues. <laughs> created crushed Kyburn's skull. Must love children, murder, and encouraging children to do murder. Hashtag Gregor kills Kyburn 2K19. Hashtag Kyburn's corpse with a Q. <laughs> hashtag game of cues. Hashtag job search. Hilarious. Flimsy pickles. First ever own goes to Jamie for realizing his yesterday Cersei will always be his soulmate. Heart. Hashtag addicted. Hashtag hi. Hi, my name is Jamie and I'm an addict. Hashtag <laughs> hi, Jamie. Kimbo J, my own to the sound editor for that awesome Targaryen history review and scary for shattering soundbite mix over the recap hashtag you've woke 
Woken the dragon. B. Funk a donkey donk. Owned to Daenerys <laughs> for carrying out the last dying wish of her bestie. Hashtag Team Danny. Allie Rhodes Webb. Owned to Arya Stark for being able to check off all the boxes on her to do list. Now ride that white horse off to Storm's End. Cotter Goodbarrel. D and D owned us all by destroying what could have been a beautifully tragic character arc for Danny and turning into some Bond villain <laughs> shit. <laughs> Tanya at Tanya AZ2 owned to Aria and the Hound, my favorite ship of GOT after all. <sighs> Hashtag Sander, thank you. Hashtag a girl chooses life. Hashtag I'm not crying. Loyal to Aegon the Righteous, Missande Bay at Nomas Day. Owned to the Cleganes because the Clegane Bowl lived up to the fucking hype. Worth the wait. OMFG. Hashtag Clegane Bowl 2K19. We just are talking about Clegane Bowl so casually. You know, as you do. <laughs> Anya Chedov owned to Sandor for a Clegane Bull 2K19. What is hype? I never die. Lady Phantom owned to the mountain for killing Kyburn like a fly. Negative owned to D&D for ignoring prophecy and giving Cersei that very disappointing death and for making Jamie her fucking puppet. <laughs> At Lies and Rules, my own goes to Cersei for giving the, or getting the heck out of the way during hashtag airhorn, <laughs> hashtag Clegane Bull, hashtag exit, exit stage left, hashtag move and get out the way. Matt Lydon owned to the elephants for knowing they wouldn't have been much help in staying back home. Christine Bademan owned to Arya Stark, an actual cat of the canals for surviving hell raining down all around her. Hashtag a girl has nine lives and for becoming an actual god of death, riding that white or ashen horse off to fulfill yet another greater purpose. Hashtag shadow faxes at you. A rattlesnake. My own goes to Jon Snow, the true king, for knowing when to hold him, knowing when to fold him, <laughs> etc., etc., and for killing one of his own to save an innocent woman from rape. Hashtag northern nothing. Peter Morales, owned to Maggie the Frog for leading us on the wild goose chase, the wildest goose chase in the history of prophecies. Yeah, it's like, was he holding her neck when the rocks <laughs> fell? Sarah B. Also, that other hashtag was north or nothing. Sarah B. Owned to Amelia Clark for selling it. Her acting has been an absolute highlight this season. Hashtag Khaleesi2K19. The Karsten, owned to the falling rubble that most definitely got the highest kill (laughs) score in this battle. Peter Morales, owned to the hound for saving the closest thing he has to a loved one in Arya. Mm. Molly Heffler, owned to Arya for trying to save that mother and daughter. Trying to do what's right. Fire and blood in the end. Dot, dot, dot. But she still tried. Hashtag, I got the horses in the back. <laughs> oh, Hashtag, yeah. K-Bye. Hashtag, it really do be like that sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Molly Heffler, own goes to Sandor, going out poetically. Biggest revenge accompanied by his biggest fear. Dying by fire. Hashtag, Game Bowl 2K19. Hashtag, Death by Fire. Hashtag, Conquering Your Fears. Hashtag, The Dying. Hashtag, But Okay. Leslie Penacek owned to Tyrion for now being the last surviving member of House Lannister. Tywin Lannister's goal was a great legacy, and now all he has left of that legacy, (laughs) you're saying it's so distracting. (laughs) All that he has left of that legacy, for now at least, is the son he hated. Suck it, Tywin. Layla, anti twat waffle, owned to Drogon for upgrading his agility. Scorpions went 100, that's so true, went 100% last week, but entirely missed him this time. Yeah, he brought he brought the big guns this time. The Bells said, my own goes to George. He gave them all of the answers, but didn't teach them how to do the math. Gavin Targaryen owned to Daenerys for being that bitch and destroying all the scorpions and the Iron Fleet. Oh, you got scorpions? That's cute. <laughs> Dire Corgi says, owned to everyone who chose the ceiling as the answer to <laughs> who kills Cersei in their office Yeah, pool. that person made a shit ton of money yeah, off of that. Me. 
Steve Manui, owned to the showrunners for wasting the viewer's time, ouch, on The Golden Company and you're on Greyjoy. Precious minutes that would have been better suited for more beloved characters. Or as my mom calls them, Huron. Hashtag <laughs> less Huron, more Hound and Arya. Hashtag fuck The Golden Company. Catch a tech owned to Arya for doing some serious list ending on the fly. I think she's got a new queen on her number one slot. And for being the first character I can recall using the Hound's first name in her thank you. Hashtag mother of war crimes. Hashtag Pompeii with the dragon. Hashtag Sandor says not today. Brian Lefebvre. Brian owned to the stashes of wildfire lighting up all over town. Didn't go Cersei's way, but she has plans. Heather McCormick owned to how sexually attractive I was <laughs> attracted I was to the Hound in that hooded cloak with a shrug emoji. <laughs> hashtag don't judge me. Hashtag sexy Sandor. Hashtag Clegane Void to K19, Clickane Boy. Clickane Boy. I like that. <laughs> Clickane Bull, 2K19, hashtag Team Hound. The Hound, like casual cosplay with his like uh, <laughs> hoodie up, very emo like. Jared Kozal, owned to Sandor Clegane for finally convincing Arya that there's more to life than death and revenge. It was too late for him. It's not too late for her. Hashtag West of Westeros. Oh, yes. Yes. Hashtag Sandor, thank you. Jake McDermott, owned to Arya for taking that horse to the old town road and ride till she can't no more. Hashtag, why was this scene even added? Ross Henry, owned to Ilaria Sand and the last sand snake dying off screen, locked up in the dungeon. Oh, oh. hashtag R.I. pieces. Mickey Mannion, owned to me for holding strong since season three that Daenerys would become the Mad Queen. What an episode. Hashtag burn them all. Hashtag John kills Danny 2K19. Oh. Hashtag ghost is named Hand of the King. Oh. Peg Sontag. My own goes to Harry Strickland and the Golden Company who came all the way from Essos to die in the first three minutes of battle. Hashtag Harry, we hardly knew ye. Hashtag not worth the money. Smooched by fire, my own has to go to the mountain for disposing of Kyber in the way I didn't know I wanted or needed. It was the only death this episode that made me feel truly satisfied. Brotherhood without manners owned to Tyrion for his sobbing goodbye to his brother. At Stephanie JC, owned to the fanfic writers who are already feverishly working on giving me the cheesy happy ending I want, but also to the show for having no qualms about making hard choices. Your sandbox, your sandbox, your rules. Two parts rye. Anti-owned to Ned Stark for wanting to call off the hit on Daenerys. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Julie, my own ghost to Tyrion, freeing Jamie. If it weren't for you, I never would have survived oh my, my childhood. Andalyn, owned to D&D for trying and failing to make me care about poor Cersei and Danny going, air quotes, mad. Hashtag dream, team Dakaris. Dracarys. James Sanford, own goes to Arya and John for honoring their father by not only keeping the Ned Bun alive, but for fighting with honor as Starks enter King's Landing for another rebellion. Oh, that's that's gets you chills when you think about it like that. Dire Corgi, owned to Arya's plot armor, strong enough to repel bricks, buildings, Dothraki, wildfire, flames, and everything else that's managed to kill every other human inhabitant of King's Landing. Not that I mind, of course. Coach Marchand, my own ghost to Tyrion for making sure Varys knew it was me before mm. he burned. Anne-Marie, owned to Ramin Javadi for once again composing a stunning soundtrack and a stunning soundtrack, period. I loved all the characters' themes woven throughout, the emotion and the anxiety, the silence caused perfection. Trillis Flapdragon, owned to Arya thinking the Hound and calling him by his name. Chills. Squiggy G of House Tyrell, owned to Arya, true survivor, owned to Sandor for sending her away, owned to Euron for being a fuckboy to the end. 
Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Erica owned a sandal Lane. He helped Arya one last time before facing his childhood fears. Fire and his brother. Hashtag thank you. Hashtag. Sandorn, not the house. Hashtag Clegable 2K19. Chad Carter owned the Golden Company who have never broken a contract or done a damn thing on a battlefield. (laughs) (laughs) At Vale Warrior to the Hound for his scene with Arya. The way he was cupping her head. Uh, Dot, dot, dot. Hashtag Team Sandor. Julia Perkins owned that horse for its superb plot armor and letting Arya take a ride to Murder Town. Hashtag... Arya is going to kill Danny. 2K19. Amy Calhoun. I guess my own goes to literally anyone but Benioff and Weiss. The completely undearned character assassination of Daenerys Targaryen will go Ooh. down as one of the biggest writing failures in TV history. Travis Cole. My own goes to finally seeing that vision Bran had all those seasons ago. Finally transpire. And a shout out to Varys going out like a G. Hashtag, why did they do my eunuch like that? Hashtag, for the realm. Hashtag, King Aegon. Hashtag, bring back ghosts. 2K19. At AKA Rob the Great, owned to Drogon for being able to burn the entire city with only a five minute break, no lunch, no no water, straight flames. Chris Pine's sad boy hours. The biggest own of all goes to D and D for making us think they were good writers for almost a decade. <laughs> Yikes! Just stab owned to Daenerys for burning King's Landing so she can be the queen of the Dothrakian unsullied. Dot dot dot. Still. Bookum Dano, my own goes to Kyburn for reminding us all the importance of helmet safety laws. Hashtag splat, hashtag Humpty Dumpty, ran into a wall. 2K19. <laughs> Kelsey of House Donuts, own to the pounding of my heart and the tears streaming down my face while Sandor finally got his revenge. I did not expect the scene to bring me to tears, but it sure did. Hashtag Cleganebull, get hype, 2K19. Mike Pollard, my own goes to Valencar. Cersei died with her little brother's hands on her neck. Hashtag Maggie was right. Hashtag prophecy, 2K19. Anne-Marie, first owner of the sh- to the showrunners for giving us a daytime battle. Hashtag, I can see clearly now. Daenerys Targaryen owned a brand for staying the fuck out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lumonu says, owned to Harry Strickland and the Golden Company for not being worth anything. Wow. Owned to Danny for <laughs> leaning into the madness and owned to John for the face he made when he realized he'd done messed up boo-boo. Hashtag, bad investment. Hashtag, I want to do over. Hashtag, my aunt is... Cray. Cray. <laughs> Crat, but first you get the idea. Owned. Oh, hey, welcome. Jeff Alexander owned Varys from the first season to the last. He was the smartest person in Westeros. Jen Calhoun owned to my boy Jamie, who deserved so much more than the show ended up giving him. Mm. Arya Stark, Dawnbringer, you girl Jiggy, owned to Arya Stark for making it out there alive because she knew she had to put purple eyes on her list. Hashtag Sansa was right. Hashtag by Varys. Hashtag Danny did too much. 2K19. <laughs> Esther Joy, my own ghost of Sandra Clegane for being one of the greatest characters ever written and for making me cry the third time in the entire run of the show. Hashtag Clegane Boy. T- <laughs> I keep Clegane saying Boy Clegane Boy. Yeah, leave the K out. Who needs it? <laughs> Hashtag Clegane <laughs> Boy. That's my username, Clegane Boy 219. <laughs> That's like uh, what my username would be if I was a if kid was right a game, now. That would 100% oh my be a username. God, that's so embarrassing. Hashtag now to figure out how to stop crying. <sighs> Amy T. Own a Cersei for noping the fuck out of the game bowl. <laughs> hashtag get hype. Hashtag the game bowl 219. Hashtag all the sirens. At Beauty Brienne. Own to everyone who stayed at Winterfell. Hashtag good life choices. Yep. Brian Beslow. Own to the game bowl 2K19. Second owned to Varys for being the only true advisor. He looked in her in the eyes and told her how she failed and he burned. <gasps> Stinker Bell. Own to whoever kills <laughs> Danny because I'm pissed and the hound. I cried. And Arya. Thank the seven she made it. Dave McGill, owner of the hound for shouting what we were all thinking during hashtag the game bowl. Just fucking die. Hashtag it finally happened. Hashtag hype.
<laughs> P94 at home, owned to ghosts for staying away from this madness. Tyler Jordan, owned to Jon Snow for realizing what he has to do. Serio for real, own to Lena Headey. Just wow. Like, I have absolutely no words to describe her performance in this episode. I would say it's pure talent, but you know she works hard to be that amazing. I appreciate it. Your <laughs> treasure. Toward the end. <laughs> I love that. So good. Susie makes Sansa Queen, you coward. Sainwood, own to the hound for going into the flames like an absolute goddamn champ. What an arc. Now on to Facebook. Gemma Morris says, own to Braun. Proud owner of High Garden. <laughs> Kevin Bean owned to Arya for being a better pet owner in 10 seconds than John was in eight seasons. Hashtag ghosts deserve better. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I really feel like that. <laughs> Samantha Montessor, my first ever own, goes to my immense feeling of disappointment. How can both Clegane Bull and Cersei's <gasps> death be a letdown? <gasps> hashtag Clegane Boar. <gasps> hashtag not worth the hype. Uh-oh. Hashtag the wrong queen went mad. Hashtag at least we could see this battle. Okay. Angela Birmingham, owned the hound for finally embracing the fire instead of running from it. Hashtag Clegane Bull by fire, 2K19. Laura Maselli, owned to the hound, saving Arya from a lifetime of vengeance. Hashtag Clegane Bull, 2K19. Crystal Gagnois, or own to Jamie and Cersei. I hated Cersei most of the show, but damn it if they didn't make me cry. Own to Varys for literally dying just for being right. Rebecca J. McFarland, own to the looks of realization on John and Tyrion's faces when they realized they'd bet on the wrong dragon. Mm. Hashtag actually don't flip a coin. Claire Johnson, own to Cersei for tiptoeing around the Clegane boys. I see you two need to talk. I'll just see myself out. <laughs> so freaking funny. <laughs> she literally was just like, uh, I was not very calm a second ago, but I'm going to calmly walk past <laughs> you guys. It's like every fight in high school that I walked by. Yeah. John Davis owned to Arya for surviving hell and riding the pale horse away so she can kill, quote, green eyes. Hashtag mad queen short rule. Hashtag won't be a happy ending. Jane Choi owned to the master of whispers for spreading the truth right up to his death and for being the only person throughout the show to never have switched loyalties. Hashtag ballsy. <laughs> Julian, Hashtag for the wrong. Oh, sorry. Julianne Elizabeth Ramirez, my own ghost of Tyrion freeing Jamie. If it weren't for you, I never would have survived my childhood. Matthew Brown owned to Brienne for dodging a bullet. Dana Ann owned to Jamie Lannister, whose character deserved better. Karma Wilson-Clark, owned to my mom for being the one who introduced me to A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm so glad we got to watch this episode together. Happy Mother's Day, Aww. 2K19. As for Sheena Davis, owned to those Clegane boys. Always roughhousing. <laughs> Greg Thompson, own goes to the Mad King wrecking shit and giving Cersei some of her own medicine. I'll bend the knee, elbow, head, or pelvis to Danny if that's what she's into. Hashtag Klee. Hashtag game. <laughs> hashtag bowl. PPS, I love the symmetry of the wildfire and dragonfire. Eris and Daenerys burning them all. So cool. Kathy Miser Thido, own to Jamie's character arc. Emily Colpit, own to Danny for being on the wrong side of the coin. Mm. Um, Ina B. Delsag, my very first own, welcome, goes to Jamie. In my version of this episode, he killed Cersei and is back with Brienne and joined the Sapphire Isle and each other. Hashtag LOL. Wait, LOL D&D. Hashtag <laughs> Brienne and Jamie forever. Hashtag WTF D&D. Mark Dunlop owned a Grey Worm. Get some. He flew off the handle and got medieval on Stickland's ass. Unlike, I'm thinking of Principal Strickland from uh, Back to the Future. Anyway, he going crazy like... Khaleesi. So he's saying like uh, Grey Worm went it, crazy Worm. like Khale- like Khaleesi yeah. did. Yeah. Okay, right on. Get right it. on, Mark. I see you. We're going to move on to Instagram, but we see all of you. Arara. A girl has no owns. A girl is heartbroken. Oh, no. Aust Cheney owned Asansa for staying in Winterfell, cold, safe, and unburned. 
E. Hansen 09 owned to the bricks that took out Cersei because fans have imagined her death a thousand different ways and no one could have imagined it wasn't by some sort of well-deserved revenge. Hashtag bittersweet. Hashtag first own ever. Hashtag Cersei's dead 2K19. See Sherry 1110-110. First ever own goes to Arya, a.k.a. Death, who rides a pale horse. Hashtag get shit on. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley B. Sanders owned the hound. Hopefully, he's finally at peace. Hashtag Gamble 2K19. Dolce Harajuku owned to Varys for being right about the sides of the coin. Oh my God, it's back to the coin conversation. <laughs> Hashtag shouldn't have squished that spider. I love it. Angie23 Branca owned to the hound for convincing Arya to turn back, saving her for next week's finale. Hashtag Arya kills Danny 2K19. Hashtag Clegamble lived up to the hype 2K19. Violas owned to hashtag Clegamble. Cinematic as Fook. CH more or less owned to self-fulfilling prophecies. Danny has worked so hard her entire life to not become her father and, and ended up doing what he never did. Hashtag burn them all. Hashtag mad queen. Hashtag they surrendered. Hashtag stop it. They're already dead. <laughs> Grateful Mama 99 owns to my man the hound. I hope he found peace. Peace and heart. Crispy Samples owned to Kyburn. I thought he was in it for himself, but he really did the human shield thing for Cersei. P.S. Sad air horn for Clegane. <laughs> <laughs> Steffi Jean. I never thought I would say this, but my own is for George for taking his sweet time running the last two books since the showrunners clearly did not want to take their time this episode and rush everything and throw character arcs out the window. There is some words there, y'all. The Green Life owned to Sandor, period. Clegamble 2K19. That lost Targaryen. My own goes to the magical fucking horse that dropped out of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Caddy Venture, owned to the hound for not letting himself be Oberyn Martell. Ooh. Angie Gray, owned this whole episode for making me fucking sob the entire time and fight with my boyfriend about the finale. Good. Break up with his ass. Hashtag no. for the... Po- I'm kidding. <laughs> for the possibly destroyed throne 2K19. Barrett Grooks owned the cinematography, specifically Drogon killing Varys and the Hound versus the Mountain. Kathy Coleman owned those moments just before Drogon blew out the front gates, but especially that beautiful white horse who appeared just when a girl needed her. Hashtag feel like we've been run over by a truck. I love vultures owned to Varys who died by the sea from whence he came. Hashtag mermaid. Oh my God. And our final own of the episode, more will be rolling in throughout the week, but this is the last one we're going to talk about on this penultimate podcast before the final one. I'm just going to say it from idiot circus boy owned to the onion Knight for being the only person in the kingdom worth a damn. Hashtag for the throne. Hashtag for the realm. Davos for the throne. Okay. All right. Okay. Next time. Are you ready for this? No. Are you ready for the next time we sit down to do the podcast no. together? It's about the very end of. The next time. Game of Thrones. The next time we do a podcast, we'll have seen the final episode. It might even be the same ending that's in the books. A Song of Ice and Fire. What do you think? I'm ready. Are you I'm ready? ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I can't say the same for myself. I'm so ready. <sighs> for those of you right who. Are going to be in the New York area on Sunday. Oh yeah, we are throwing a little party for the finale. You can do a watch party. We've got a meetup beforehand, and then a watch party immediately following. Probably yeah, the, some group the, therapy the sessions. Parties in two stages. We have a house party, which we're going to be watching the rest of the episode, 
and we have the time that we're going to be spending at Domino Park where we're going to look different than everybody else because we're going to be dressed like strange characters from a strange land. But who knows? <laughs> this series is so popular. It's the very end. Who knows? We might meet friends that we don't know about mixed among all the muggles. You never I'm know. I'm so excited. So, so excited. Check out our social media pages. Or you can just go to ourwatchesended.com because we made a, a convenient Eventbrite page where you can RSVP for the event of which if you're going to be at the watch party, you need to do that. Yeah. Make sure you RSVP so you got details on where to meet. But hopefully we'll see a lot of you on Sunday. We won't have to do this by ourselves. Oh my gosh. I know. We're going to be asking people for their homes probably in person. Yeah. Like, hey, they're going to be like, what is that? I don't know how I got here. I just got to (laughs) say. Yes. This has been the best ever. This has been fun. I'm so excited to go into the final episode. It's been this season with, I just, I've been having a blast with everybody. And so I'm ready to face whatever's coming our way we'll be live on instagram i yeah. think we're, we're planning on doing it even though we're going to be having a party we're going to something's going to happen live on instagram mm-hmm. and we'll record right away yeah we'll, we'll be doing everything just the same there might be a little bit more background noise as usual but there are doorways and walls and we will do our best to provide and it's going to be good to take some time to talk about it right after it's over yeah. but uh yeah if you aren't already following us on our social media if you want to send keep sending in your owns mm-hmm. sending in your thoughts your feelings as we come into this final episode you can find us at game of owns on instagram on twitter and on facebook or you can send us an email to contact at game and there's still time to pick up a game of owns t-shirt if you want to wear it for well i don't know actually no there's no more time if you want to wear it during the finale but if you just want to you know commemorate like, yeah you commemorate this time in your life those are at game slash shirts we love you. We're here for you. Yeah. Tweet at us. We got this. <laughs> I'm giving myself a pep talk. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you Sunday. And before we go, we'd like to remind you about Hunt a Killer, the murder mystery box that lets you experience what it's like to be a detective. Right now, just for our listeners, you can go to huntakiller.com slash owns for 20% off your first box. They only accept 200 members per day. So hurry to take advantage of this offer. That's huntakiller.com slash O-W-N-S for 20% off your first box. Huntakiller.com slash owns.